Welcome to Angel Answers with Amy Toy. I have a fascinating guest today. Her name is Terry Christine. Two first names. Wow, that's better than my name. Um, she's an internationally recognized intuitive energy healer. She's a TV, radio, and podcast featured expert and author of The Secret Power of You, A Guide to Mastering Your Inner Greatness, which is endorsed by Don Miguel Ruiz, who is author of the New York Best Time Seller, The Four Agreements. She's for over a decade been a practicing intuitive energy healer. She has helped thousands like ourselves access clarity, results, understanding, and a sense of peace and wisdom. And through her work, she has helped clear away old stories and fears that wrap themselves around old energetic blocks, which hold people back and often contribute to emotional and physical chronic pain. Welcome, Terry. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Amy. Thank you so much. I'm very honored to be here. Well, we're honored to have you because sometimes um, that's the objective of this show is to open people's consciousness to different ways of healing since we're in such a very critical time. So um, I like to ask people the basics. Like, So what is your story? What brought you to where you are now? Wow. So... I found myself at the end of a 14-year relationship, and I had the type of relationship that I gave and gave and gave and gave endlessly. And before the end, it was about three months before, I woke up at 3 a.m. at happy hour time, you know, and I remember everything because I remember looking over at the clock. And even at the end of that relationship, I was still concerned about making him happy and not Mm. disturbing him. So I called out of the bed and I went into the bathroom and I laid on the floor. And I remember every single part of that. The the tiles were so cold. And I laid there crying, not just weeping, but hysterically crying, just like I did every night for a year. It got to the point where my eyes were so swollen, it, I just said mm-hmm. to everyone, I have allergies. And what I had experienced is that if you've ever been in a relationship where you give so much endlessly and you don't give anything in return and you stay for others, we had two beautiful children and I knew that he had it deep inside of him. Every once in a while, he'd throw me a little bone, but it was so rare. And I kept trying to dig deep into that well of bones, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I yes, and I just couldn't get there to where it was completely open. So as I was laying on that floor, and I'm like, you know, God, and that's exactly what I was saying, you know, God, I'm done. I'm so mm-hmm. done that if you just stop my heart, I would be in bliss because there's nothing else in this vessel that I have. And as mm. I was crying and I had my eyes closed, I began to feel myself floating. With my eyes closed, I saw stars 
so close. I thought I could touch them. I had this dampness around me. I could taste it in my mouth. I knew I was in the middle of time and space. I had left my body, and I was completely at ease. And then I heard three words, love will come. It was so Mm. profound, very masculine. I could tell it was around me, in me, and direct. I flew back in my body. I got up, and I'm like, whoa. And I Mm -hmm. went back to sleep. And the very next day, my entire life changed. Now, I've Mm. listened to various people on social media, in the media, where they have gotten to rock bottom or they didn't make it because they did take their own life. And mm-hmm. I can be in that same space of totally relating to that. I just mm-hmm. couldn't end it myself. And mm-hmm. then with those words, for a person who's so low, was able to raise my vibration just enough to give me hope that what I was mm-hmm. seeking was going to come to me. And so the very Mm -hmm. next day, I went to the bookstore. Now, the relationship we were having, it was almost as if I was a single mother. Even though he was there, Mm -hmm. I'd take care of the kids, the house, and all of that. And so Mm -hmm. I read maybe a book a year because I was taking care of so many other things. When I went to the bookstore, I came out with a carton, like a whole uh, shopping cart, let's put it that way, full of books. And names that I didn't recognize, but I'm sure you do. Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. Wayne Dyer, Esther mm-hmm, Hicks, mm-hmm. Louise Hay. Yep. And yep. I didn't know any of them at that time. wasn't my journey, okay. right? Or at that right. time, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I started reading them two and three a week. I, wow. I was like a speed reader. I couldn't believe, but mm-hmm. it was resonating. It was helping mm-hmm. me understand. I said, now this is making sense to me. Mm-hmm. And then people started stopping me at the stores, uh, giving me mm-hmm. messages, like random off-the-wall people just as I was standing there. And mm-hmm. I knew something had happened. I was just mm-hmm. putting the pieces of my puzzle together. And the more I lived life, and I got the strength and I did sever that relationship, I was able to work with, um, you know, simple things like Reiki I stepped into. I call that the lily pad of stepping into energy work. You know, it's yeah. you got to start somewhere and jump off of it yep. and jump to something else. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and then uh, crystals and essential oils that I just learned, but just enough to help me as I'm, um, you know, doing my intuitive work. And then I worked with masters in intuitive development, mediumship, Mm -hmm. which I technically, for my, what I choose to believe, I used the pain to catapult me to where I am today. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I I have two instances in my life. Well, actually, I've had three near-death experiences. My last one in 2000 is what got me into this work of healing, doing psychic development, educating others about my journey. And when I was 12 years old, I wanted to commit suicide because I was brought up in a very abusive alcoholic household where I was in so much pain emotionally, I did not know how to get out of that. And I prayed to God, I was going to kill myself. And I heard a voice that said, Amy, you have a higher purpose here. We're going to get you through that. And they've kept their promise to this day. Wow. So, yes, I I mean, it's those... Yeah, so those stories that you and I share, 
can help inspire others because with what we're going through right now, this time, which was foretold, you know, some people have to go back to their roots, have to go back to something higher than themselves because materialism, relationship, whatever it is, you, it's, it's not doing it for them. You know, I um, do a lot of mind, body, spirit events up and down the East Coast, and I just completed the very last one for the next six weeks. The others were canceled, but um, I just finished one in Monroeville, PA, uh, this past weekend, and a woman came to me, and she said, I really want to get deeper into this work, but I've been working at it for 16 years, and I'm stuck. So then she told me her story and a very painful story, but then she started really owning the stories. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yes, Talking I about know. being a victim. Yep. The, the victimhood uh-huh. and how, yep. Yep. And how mm-hmm. terrible it was against her. And so I told her with love, I said, in order for you to be able to use the pain that you've experienced, You have to be able to forgive. Now, I know that may sound a little insensitive to some when they've experienced Mm -hmm. some major, major pain in their life. Mm -hmm. However, the way I explain it so that others, I do teach intuitive development so that people can get out of this rut or the stuckness or whatever. But Mm -hmm. when you're experiencing an interaction where you are feeling pain, and if you feel like it's being caused to you from that person, when the experience is over and if you've severed whatever between the two of you may have broken up or whatever, that relationship, that mm-hmm. that person has moved on and you're still holding on or living in the story of what they did, I can't forgive, they'll get away yeah. with it. You know, some of the things that we say to ourselves, right? Right. And the yeah. fact is, yep. Yeah, and the fact is, is that we're the ones who are keeping ourselves in the the dungeon of our own soul, meaning that deepness mm-hmm. that I can't get out of. Mm-hmm. And when you can visualize yourself as uh, creating a safe space in creative visualization, meaning how you can forgive a person, by creating mm-hmm. a safe space in your mind, and it's usually when people are retired, it's their home on the water or a apartment, in, um, you know, penthouse in New York, a high rise or whatever it is for you. But you own it. It's yours. No one else created it. It's your palace. Mm-hmm. So that's your safe space. And then mm-hmm. you bring in the culprit. May it be someone mm-hmm. that hurts you or someone that you can't let go of some pain. And then mm-hmm. you're sitting on, a, you know, the, in the area that you've created in your mind. You're sitting on the couch, and they're sitting in the chair right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Then the first thing I tell people, take the label off of that person. Take the dad off, the mom off, and now all of a sudden, they're a man and a woman sitting right in front of you. It helps you to be able to see without the pain, the torture, or the stories that they came through, I call it the love canal, just like you did, to come into this world as the human form and then Mm -hmm. to start experiencing with every breath that you take what's going on around you. And when you remove the label off that person, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, 
mm-hmm. they had a mom that wasn't uh, uh, attentive or a father right. who was an alcoholic or, you know, mm-hmm. all of those stories. And then you can realize that they chose to never address their own pain, their own fears, mm-hmm. own frustrations, and that they were exactly. triggered within their family unit, and that's why mm-hmm. there's the interaction there. Mm-hmm. But to be able to forgive unconditionally, releasing the label and releasing what just so you can get out allows you to move forward. So the first step for that woman who approached me was to let go of the story of victimhood, being mm-hmm. able to forgive unconditionally, and then to be able to be fully connected to source, higher self-light, whatever you're choosing to call it, so that mm-hmm. you can manifest and live free and full of abundance. Yep. And every mm-hmm. day is a great adventure, because that's how I live my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and sometimes what people, I mean, this is how I was raised. Um, my mother would say, well, forgiveness, is, you know, having that person back in your life. Well, I learned forgiveness was A, for myself, and B, I did not have to have that person in my life anymore. So it the forgiveness was to free me, and it also freed them, but also I don't have to choose to have a relationship with them. You know, some people, I think, mistaken that for, you know, that, I, I mean, leads to my experience. I know how what your no, thoughts are, no, but that's... yeah, yeah, no, I personally, Amy, absolutely, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because, as mm-hmm. I do explain, explain to people, I just didn't add it to that. So thank you for bringing that up. Is that forgiveness is from within you, and the yeah. end result, if this person is still alive, and let's say it's a mom who's at the end of her lifespan, and she's irritated yeah. and angry from the things that she didn't create or have in her life, mm-hmm. and she's going to project it on others. You are not the punching bag. That no. you are the one who, yep, that chose to forgive and mm-hmm. end the story. If she's going to continue, or he can continue to live as they choose to live, then mm-hmm. you can just say, you know, I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry, Dad. I, you know, mm-hmm. anything from the past is over with, but I'm yeah. going to probably spend a little less time with you. If you need me, you can call me. Other than that, I hope that you can change your mindset and see things differently. And then move on. Mm-hmm. Well, I've done what I did was, and some of my listeners know my story, but uh, when 2013, my dad passed away. Now, he was the alcoholic, and I think my mom was alcoholic, too. And when he passed away, I severed ties with my mother and my two half-sisters because it was healthy for me. I knew when he passed that, you know, I didn't want to keep going back into that toxic situation. And I have forgiven, you know, I worked on the last few years forgiving her. I forgave him a long time ago, my dad. And it was the best thing because it was like a knapsack. You know, you, you carry these rocks in this knapsack on your back and it's like causing all this weight. And once you remove that weight off your back, it's like freedom. So you can experience the life that you were meant to experience. Absolutely. I had to do something similar. However, both my parents are still in this world. And then I had to realize that the choices that they've made for them mm-hmm. to be happy for it within themselves may not necessarily be what I would choose. Two different souls, mm-hmm. two different experiences, but I honor and love them. However, I don't mm-hmm. have to be a part of their life. They're enjoying mm-hmm. their life. I'm enjoying my life. And then we're moving on. And then I remember someone saying, but your mom is not in your life. How do you feel? And I said, 
but I feel really blessed and grateful that I can say I love her, but I don't have mm-hmm. to be a part of anything that makes me feel less of who I am, and that mm-hmm. I'm fulfilled There's inside of myself. I have no voice. I love my life. I love the people I surround mm-hmm. myself. People come and go in my life. However, some stay a little longer. Some are in my inner circle. And then I find that I have you know, my clients become friends, and then they move on, and so on and so forth. But we find mm-hmm. that we don't have to anchor into expectations mm-hmm. from feeling like you're my mother, you're my father. I'm yep. expecting. I don't have those stories. Mhm. No, and sometimes people say, "Well, they're your your family," and you know, I have what they call the flying monkeys. You know, they, I, you know, try to. She sends out the flying monkeys to my mother, and to say, "Contact your mother," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> I choose not to." She has you guys. She has two other daughters that she can deal with. I've chosen. I did my part, and I moved on from it. And people are like, oh, my God, you know, but that's becoming a very common story. A lot of my clients come to me, oh, Amy, how did you do it? You know, my sisters are abusing me. And, you know, I had one. I said, well, do you have to, would, if they were a friend of yours, would you put up with that? Would that be in your life? No. Okay. Same thing. At least that's what I feel. It is really true. But once people understand to to remove the label, that's the key point yes. of that. Yes. I and and I knowing, yeah, removing it and knowing that they came here with that and they're choosing and there's no expectations, no stories, no obligations. And it's not that there's no cold or callous behind it. We're all no. souls in a body experiencing things. And it's just the end result of our expectations when we put that label. So remove the label. Feel free. Those are living mm-hmm. their life, and it's really all good. Surrender, surround yourself around love and support. And I, 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 it's funny. I don't believe in coincidence, so I said surrender. <laughs> so <laughs> surrender to, right? Surrender mm-hmm. to your own love, knowing that you have no void in your life to fill. That's why I'm never mm-hmm. lonely. <laughs> no, me either. Me either. I mean, I, I've got clients. I have friends. I have, you know, podcasts, radio shows. You know, I, I have a very uh, full life. And people think, well, you know, just because your family's not with you. No, it, it's you just live your life. You experience your life the way you want to experience it. When someone told me I had a choice, I can rewrite my story. I can rewrite my story. Wow. That's cool. I'm in I'm in control of my life. I'm my authority. Wow. And do you think that that's what the secret power of you entails for yourself personally? Writing yes. you writing your story? Yes. Yes, because you know, before my spiritual journey, I lived my life with my partner giving so much outside of me Mm -hmm. to satisfy him and his needs and, of course, our children because they were smaller. But, you know, that's one thing to be a mother and a parent to satisfy your children. But when your partner, you know, is, is, doesn't know how in certain Mm -hmm. uh, incidences, in my case Mm -hmm. and in his, not saying this for everyone, but he didn't know how because he was raised with uh, seven brothers and sisters. He was one of eight. 
Uh, and the mom stayed at home trying to juggle everything, and the father took care of that so he wasn't in the house very much except at night. And so it was mm-hmm. hard for her to juggle eight children to ha- allow them to feel equally loved uh, in mm-hmm. his situation and then to come out on the other end of knowing what love feels like. And so he mm-hmm. really didn't know how to love me as I mm-hmm. really, truly wanted. Right. So it was just a simple matter of him being with us because of our kids, but never really, truly knowing how to love in, in a deeper sense. And mm-hmm. that was my turmoil because I did, and I was trying to drag it out of him. Mm-hmm. Yes. You see, and I grew up with a father like that. My father was very detached. I, like I said, he drank. He had rage issues. He was a, had a hot temper. And I was always, I would, I was so mad at him when I was growing up. He, I like, because he played the dog, you know, he used to give more attention to the dog. I'm like, you get more attention to the dog. And I would complain about it and everything. But that's all he was capable of doing at that time. And as he got older, I, I saw a metamorphosis of him trying to make amends. You know, seeing that, you know, that he, you know, treating me in a better way because we had our, we had our outs, (laughs) we had our, we had our arguments. And sometimes I wouldn't talk to him. I said, until you talk to me respectfully, he goes, well, I'm your father. No, (laughs) he don't abuse me because he could be very verbally abusive. So one year I was 19 years old. I didn't talk to him. We lived under the same roof. I did not talk to that man. I wouldn't have to sit at the table with him, nothing. But you know what? He learned respect. He learned to respect me. But that was hard for Good him. For my mom's like, yeah, she's like, your father is just like having this. He does not know how to handle this. He's so upset. And I said, well, how many times did I cry over him yelling and brutalizing me and abusing mm. me and verbally just assaulting me? For no reason, it's not like, I'm not saying it's no reason. He just would just, you never knew what personality was going to walk through that door when I was growing up, when he came home from work. You never knew. And that's what I'm saying. You know, you don't have to put up with abuse. It doesn't have to be a relative. It doesn't have to be a partner. You don't have to put up with it. It's not right. You need to be treated with honor and respect. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know? Yeah, because they want to own that to the level of control. And, yes. and you know, I, I hear your story, and to have your little soul saying, uh-uh, I'm not putting up with that, but then you'll have other, because I have, you know, um, many people come to me with a similar situation, but could not mm-hmm. feel the strength and the safety to be able to stand up and say, no, you're not going to talk to me like that because they they were mm-hmm. trained and taught you don't disrespect by talking back. You keep your mouth shut, whatever your mother and father say. And so mm-hmm. now here they are as an adult living in a some form of abusive relationship but not being able to set their own boundaries because they mm-hmm. were told that you can't talk back. Exactly. Yeah, they're your parent and, you know, yeah. But I don't think as a child of God, God is giving you a guardianship over this little girl at the time, and God would not want you to abuse her like that. But he didn't know. You know, you learn through many years of therapy, soul-searching, that it's not right. And that, you know, you, you have to learn that. And that's, 
what you call what limiting beliefs? Yes. So a limiting belief is usually created before the age of seven between a caregiver, such as your mom or your dad. It doesn't mean that they were emotionally or physically abusive. It just simply means that in the interaction that you were having with that caregiver and whatever you were choosing to say to yourself, let's say a perfect little example is that dad came home from work and you were the happy little girl and you had a lot of drawings for him because you knew he was coming home and look dad look at my drawing and then dad goes okay honey i'll be right with you and he goes upstairs to change his clothes from work and then he doesn't come down and he forgets and then the child decides oh no what have i done i Mm -hmm. have to work harder to get his attention so now the child is at work and realizes that, oh, no, I have to work harder to be seen. So now this mm-hmm. adult woman or, or man, but most mm-hmm. of my clients are women, so this adult woman is um, mm-hmm. seeing that, you know, the, the boss is interacting with others and she goes, oh, you can handle it, Susie. And mm-hmm. then she says, oh, I have to help others so he can see how hard I'm working. Yes. So then you find out mm-hmm. you're working harder than others and you don't understand why you're working so hard. But you already programmed yourself that the only way that you are heard and seen is that you have to work harder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just heard Please. bingo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically, yeah, that's, that was my, one of my core issues. I call them core issues um, with dad and mom, you know, and you, I had to be the good little girl. You know, mom taught me to be the good little girl. So that's another limiting belief. I'm just bringing out examples for us. <laughs> no, it's perfect. No, it's perfect. You know? When I do readings and sessions with clients, this is exactly how is that they'll tell me, um, you know, or I'll pick up their story. I'll tell them what's going on without them telling me their story. Just give me their first name. And then mm-hmm. um, I'll get a flash of something that happened in my life. And then I'll say, mm-hmm. let me give you mm-hmm. an example so that they understand that something as simple as living life and what I took in was the reason why I was struggling or why I couldn't see or feel or had to work harder. And then it was almost, it, most of the time when I share it, you see this light bulb go off and they're like, okay, mm-hmm. they get mm-hmm. it when you can, when you live that same path similar and just use your examples. Cause it, that's really what it is. It's, you're living mm-hmm. the life as they are. We walk the walk, talk the talk. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But what about those clients that say, oh, I had, I had a wonderful set of parents. You know, how could I have limiting beliefs? What do you tell those people? Because we all have limiting, limiting beliefs, no matter if you lived on, um, you know, what's that street? I don't know. Paradise Way, we'll say. We'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You know, I do have quite a few people when they first start working with me will say, you know, I'll say, I'm picking up a limiting belief. It's with dad. You were five years old. Oh, no, dad was perfect. He was my rock. It was my mom. You're picking up a mom block. I said, no, 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 Mm -hmm. it's dad, or I wouldn't be picking it up after 13 years of doing this work. So then Mm -hmm. here's, here's a really good example by a perfect client who said, my dad was perfect. So he would travel quite a bit, and mom stayed home with her. So she had a lot of attention uh, as she was growing up. 
So Dad would come home after being out for weeks or even a month on the road, travel internationally. But as soon as he came home, she was the apple of his eye. He would run up, they would dance and sing for hours now. Mm -hmm. Then he would take his break and say, okay, honey, I'm going to take care of my things, unpack a little bit, I'll, I'll be back. He would come back down, and he had this ritual of grabbing the newspaper and trying to catch up with what was going on in the community. So while he was reading the paper, she would play peekaboo. She would go under the newspaper, hello, Dad, around the newspaper, pop in the newspaper. He would laugh and giggle, but she was saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, right? So Mm -hmm. then here she is, a 30-year-old woman. She cannot keep a relationship, and this is what she does. She says, you don't love me enough because they don't Mm. call her enough even though they call her constantly throughout the day. You're not paying attention to me, even though Mm -hmm. they are taking her out and fulfilling her needs. What she's trying to do is create the same bond that her father created, the safety, the love, the unconditional love, the never-ending joy and playfulness. So Mm. she's trying to create them in her relationships And she can't feel that, so she tells them, you don't love me enough. And even though they're like, I do, then they end it, and she doesn't understand. Yep. Oh, yeah. I got one of those that call me. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, look at yourself. But anyway, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to take a break for a second, uh, Terry. So just bear with us, and then we will continue this. Actually, this is a very good discussion. I'm like, wow. Yay. I wasn't expecting. Sometimes I never know with interviews what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do. But we'll be right back mm-hmm. after this break. Hello, my name is Amy Toy, the host of Angel Answers with Amy Toy. Besides being a radio show host, I'm also an intuitive counselor provides spiritual insight into matters of the heart. Are you confused about your love life? Thinking of getting a new job? Wondering about your purpose and why you are here? I work very closely with not only the angelic realm, but also those who have crossed over to the other side. All sessions are strictly confidential. I also offer long-distance healing sessions using angelic energy. This angelic energy, also known as Integrated Energy Therapy, IET, can be done through Skype or on the phone and helps you get the issues out of the tissues. For first-time clients only, I am offering a 20% discount. You can find me online on amytoyamytoy.com, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or email me at angelicamy35 at gmail.com or simply call 727-514-7323. May the angels carry you through, and this is for entertainment purposes only. And welcome back to Angel Answers with Amy Toy. We have a phenomenal guest, Terry Christine, and she is the author of The Secret Power of You, A Guide to Mastering Your Inner Greatness. So, Terry, before the break, we were talking about limiting beliefs. So how can people see their own limiting beliefs? You know, 
I love that question because a lot of people can't. And if they could, they mm-hmm. wouldn't need someone like you and I. <laughs> but <laughs> I work <laughs> exactly. I work within their subconscious state. And the subconscious rules the world, and they're triggered by things around them, their own experiences or other people, and they say, oh, that person said that to me, and I don't like them. And bingo, why are you feeling that way? So Mm -hmm. when we focus on the feeling and not what someone else said to you, you can usually go back to when you felt that feeling last. If you close Mm -hmm. your eyes, connect, meaning um, ground yourself, clear your mind, allow whatever happens, whatever stories come in or whatever, um, whatever uh, you hear come into your mind, that that's the truth and the answers that are being given uh, to you from source and angels, guides, and whatever is around you, right? Higher vibrational mm-hmm. beings. And right. when I tell people, okay, when did you feel that feeling last? By whom? What age? When they begin to recollect a story And they usually do when I talk to them or even when they quiet their mind enough, they'll come up with a story that they had from their past. And it was usually, you know, somebody uh, not being attentive enough or having to hide for their feelings because the parent um, was telling them, you know, boys don't cry, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so when you are really just quieting yourself enough reflecting back on an experience that you had, thinking that someone else or something else did it to you, there's where you can find your limiting belief. Also, what are you saying? Those are key factors. The number one Mm -hmm. easiest way is if someone says, I think, maybe, might. Those Mm -hmm. three things are the biggest form of disconnect from source. Now, if you answer like, oh, my gosh, Amy, you are so right. I think I want to go with you. No one has to think about going with you. They already know. So they're already having Mm -hmm. a sense of doubt in their feelings with saying the word I think. First Mm -hmm. thing, just eliminate it from your vocabulary. But that's Mm -hmm. very hard for most people because they're not present. They're not present in what their thoughts are. They're not present in what's going on around them. If you become more present and mindful, then you'll be able to realize, oh, my gosh, I just said it. I can reel it back in. No, 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 people. I didn't mean I think. I know I want to go. I know I'm how I'm feeling. And then mm. that way, that's a, a form of being able to reconnect into your own intuition and into source energy, knowing that source has got your back. So there are really some very simple ways, and one that may take a little bit, and then someone will ask me, well, what if I don't come up with a story? How can I see it? Well, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Uh, Another good scenario is, and this one's a great one. This is Mm -hmm. where your plateau is, how you can see plateaus, meaning uh, I tell people, is there something, or have you ever had an experience where you wanted to buy something? Let's talk about an online course. So you really mm-hmm. wanted to learn how to write a book, and then you, you've you been watching this person on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, and you resonate with mm-hmm. this person about writing a book. Then you look at their course, and the course is seven ninety nine. Then the first thing you say is, oh, that's too expensive. That's your plateau. That's what's saying, I'm not, I'm not worthy or valuable beyond that. You already mm. listened to the person. You already felt you were getting knowledge from that person. But then you mm-hmm. realize or feel my bank account is my reality. 
as we know <laughs> in the spiritual world, <laughs> that's not the truth. <laughs> so, but a lot of people will think that. And then they'll think, oh, that's too expensive. No, that's your limiting belief as it's keeping you from being able to grow mm-hmm. and expand beyond what you think your bank account mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And then when I talk about bank account and money, I talk about, okay, so let's say you want a pair of shoes. Most people are told that they have to have either all the money in the bank, which is cash, or they can use their credit card. That's the only way they're going to be able to get those shoes. Hello? No. There were so mm-hmm. many different ways. If you really think about the shoes, Go try them on if you want to, then think about them again, have a picture of them. Then, miraculously, and this has happened over and over and over again to many of my clients, they'll find them at Goodwill with the tags still on. Somebody at the office cleaned out their closet and brought them gently used. Neighbor found them on a yard sale and brought them in because they had brand new tags on them. (laughs) So Uh you find that you can get them gifted to you from various different ways. If you allow yourself to trust that if you really want them, Mm -hmm. visualize them, feel that they're yours, and you can manifest them as you truly desire. But you have to let go of the stop sign that's keeping you from all of that and more, which is your thoughts and what you think is your reality, which really truly isn't. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. I used to think that when I was t- I wanted to take certain courses, this was like 10 years ago, and I would, you know, be all excited. I would listen to this author or something, you know, and then I look at the price tag and I'm like, I can't afford that. But now I don't give a shit. It's like, excuse my language. I'll just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can force my shit. What am, what am I worried about? Um, yeah, you just like, I don't give a shit. Let's just, just do this. Yeah. But that's funny how he reminded me of that. There was one I wanted to take so badly. I wanted to go to Sedona. It was Denise Lynn's uh, course. It was one of those courses, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It worked. It, it worked out. It always works out in the way it's supposed to, anyway. It always works out. When anyone, I took a course recently, and it was, and I thought I was going to learn something. So it was with a very well-known um, psychic medium, and it was to learn how to do arena-style mediumship readings. Well, I've been doing mediumship for over six years and intuitive work mm-hmm. for 13. And when I went there, I thought it was different. So I've never really been trained for arena style meeting, 50, 100, mm-hmm. 300 people in one room. Because people mm-hmm. hire me for one-on-one and that's what I've been doing, you know, in as part of what I do. And when I got on the stage as practice, I I was exactly right on. The person in the second aisle, I told her, described everything. I saw it. I I gave the message, and I kind of chuckled when I got off the stage. So I said to myself, oh, my gosh, I just did this for confirmation. So there was no irritation. I didn't waste any money. It was a nice little chunk of change, but I got to um, be with people that were like-minded And it was Mm -hmm. funny because I actually saw one of my clients there and she goes, what are you doing? You're incognito. She's telling me this, you're incognito because you don't need to do this. And I just said, (laughs) (laughs) so, but I really thought there was something else to it and there really wasn't. So it was just confirmation. And in, in the end, when, when we let go of what we are expecting, the stranglehold, the holding on to that end result, 
Uh-huh. Then you're setting yourself up for failure and, and unmet expectations. But mm-hmm. I went to expand something that I thought that I might need more, but it was really confirmation. I enjoyed it. I met quite a few people. I listened to their stories. I saw how they were expanding mm-hmm. and growing. I was sitting back just enjoying the fact that I was watching other people from the beginning of their journey and some intermediate. And, mm-hmm. and I saw one or two that were pretty advanced, but uh, it, it was a pleasure. So if you can allow yourself to just step into it, if it resonates with you, I always thought I wanted mm-hmm. to work with this guy, uh, showed me a different um personality in him because it was more um, intimate versus listening Mm -hmm. to him um, over his radio show or whatever. And I was able to take away uh, something different, but I never ever thought in the end that I wasted money, wasted time or anything Mm -hmm. at all. I was just grateful that he was offering that and allowing me to Mm -hmm. see how I do what I do, how others do Mm -hmm. what they do and giving me the confirmation. Hmm. Yeah, sometimes you just need to do that. Um, you just need to just see how far you've come. Because my one friend used to say, you've come a long way, baby. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I just think it's funny. And, you know, and then she's like, oh, and smoke a cigarette, which I don't smoke or drink or do any of that shit. But anyway, um, <laughs> why do you feel like some people heal and some don't? Like, what's your perception on that? So, you know, it really is a person that is a combination of a, of a lot of things. A good example, I do hands-on healing. So people will come mm-hmm. to me, they'll have physical pain, I'll put yeah. my hands on them, and they walk away without the pain. I would say mm-hmm. if I had 10 people, seven of them, I heal completely. A few um, partial, one or two, no, it didn't work. And when I when they start coming to me, I already know up front the ones that it's not going to work because they're mm-hmm. already saying nothing works and someone suggested I try this or, oh, I'm hoping it works, but I really can never get any results from it. So they're already, again, putting the stop sign up before they allow themselves to say, you know what? I've tried everything, but I know there's something there, a piece of my puzzle that You're going to be the perfect or whatever, the perfect opportunity, the perfect result, and I know I'm going to allow it to happen. And then, you know, then I see that they'll start opening up or if they come to me like that. When people believe in this work, that it's so easy. I can hear their angels and guides just as if they're standing next to me. Their soul is open with truth and love. I can feel their body shifting. It's like they really are are in it to win it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that receive everything and more. And then you'll have um, the naysayers, you know, that. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. So uh, who who do you think you are? Or, you know, you have Mm -hmm. to prove it to me first. Uh, I got to see it to believe it, you know, Mm -hmm. and then. Then you're already are are fighting a losing battle because yep. if you just believe it to see it, <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. There yep. you go. Exactly, and that's why sometimes when people will come to me for a reading and they're like, 
Well, and you know they're skeptical. Skeptics. 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 <laughs> I, I struggle with that one, too. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they're skeptics. Skeptical about things. And you're like, okay, um, I will not even, my guys will not even touch that. They're like, no, no. No, they'll just, it's like they're, they got their hands folded looking at me like, nope, we're not going there. And I don't even touch that anymore. It's just not mm-hmm. worth my time because what I feel happens with us healers and psychics and so on, we're here to help the person. We're not a, we're not a, a freak show. We're not any of that. We're here to help people. And if you don't resonate with that, there's the door and don't let it hit you on the way out. That's what I say. Well, yeah, and I just tell them, especially when they come to me at the mind-body events, is that, look, you walk around, if you see a sign, meaning they're, you know, they're advertising sign, you know, their banner, and you might resonate with the picture or what's on the banner or even talking to the person, then we're hitting something in you that you're resonating with. However, if you're looking at me, blink, 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 you're not resonating with me. I love you. I know someone else out there will, and I'll send you Mm -hmm. on your merry way. So it's not that everybody resonates with you. It's just that you have to feel it and then Mm -hmm. move in and step into it. I had another client I was working with, hands-on work, and I kind of knew it was going to go in the direction of, you know, the one that I was hoping it wouldn't, but... When we worked yeah. together for three days, because he had quite a bit of um, challenges with his physical body. And when I started with him, he was saying, oh, I see it's, it's working, but it's not enough. Mm. Or the next day, mm-hmm, or the next day, when I could see he's still at the same place I left him, which was good. He was at least 20% better you know, which is good for someone who could heart, couldn't even walk without a rollator, that mm. um, I said, no, you're really actually very good. You're doing really well. And uh, when he would start out the day, I'd walk up to him first thing in the morning, how you doing, my friend? And the word would be crappy or horrible or I struggled. Now, again, mm-hmm. he's already setting the tone for the day of it's not mm-hmm. going to be good because I've already started with a crappy day. But the fact is, what are you seeing that you're struggling with that is Mm -hmm. holding you from where you want to be? In this case, I was trying to tell him, look, you're breathing, you are walking, you may Mm -hmm. not be walking the way you want, but you are walking, you Mm -hmm. are communicating, You're, you're in a form of perfect health. It's just that we have to get you to see that every moment that you're alive and breathing and talking and listening, that Mm -hmm. there are positive things all around you. You know, there, there are moments that you might feel warm. You walk outside and all of a sudden you get a cool breeze that calms you down. It happened to me today. I was Mm -hmm. just in, there was a lot of stress going on in the house. I stepped out, I sat down and then all of a sudden a little breeze just so slight, I fell on my face, and I instantly felt calm, and I just said, Mm -hmm. thank you. So there are moments, and every moment, it's so funny, because people have to, will sit and say, all right, I want to see that rainbow, or I want to see that three digits, because that's proving me that the angels are there for me. Well, what Mm -hmm. about the fact that you woke up, you opened the window, and you heard a bird singing. 
-hmm. or your cat came over to you and started purring just at the time that someone might have called and said that they're, they needed your help or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, there are those moments that happen all the time, but because we're mm -hmm. so busy and we're not present, we're not mindful, mm -hmm. we miss all these opportunities and then only, and then people are only looking for the rainbow in the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that because, yeah, I know some people will call me, they'll be like, oh, you know, this is what's wrong. They're, they're saying what's wrong with their life, but yet they just got that promotion they've been waiting for. Or that man came into their life or that woman came into their life and they're just looking at the negative side of the street. It's like, okay, go on to go back to bed and go out, get on the right side of the bed for me, you know, start your day over. <laughs> I've done that myself and it does work. It really does work. So. <laughs> yeah. But, but we have to just make sure and you just brought up, I got a flash of another client. You know, I was clearing her of all her relationship issues. And then here she was, third session. She says, I'm going on a trip, and I'm going to have an amazing time. So she already set her intent, and I, she says, I know I'm going to meet someone. So she set her intent. I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I cleared mm -hmm. some energy, shifted some things that are going inside of her. She came back, and I said, how did it go? She said, pretty good. I met someone. And guess what? Mm -hmm. He lives around here. I said, what? <laughs> she had to go all the way out of the country to meet someone who lives within 30 minutes of where she lives. Yep. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Did I really do yep. some major shifting in her body? However, mm -hmm. then the next thing out of her mouth is, but I don't know his intent. Mm. And so now here you are. You cleared all these things. You worked with an intuitive. You shifted mm -hmm. your mind. You set your intent. You created it. It's in your hand. And then you want to throw it away with saying, what is his intent? So I'm, I'm saying all these stories because we're living them, my friends. And people are saying these mm -hmm. things. And this is the exact thing about the limiting beliefs about the reason why you're not healing, about the reason why that you're not attracting the things that you truly want or desire or throwing mm -hmm. them out the window in the case of that one client. Mm -hmm. And I understand her, her frustration. However, to me, when you go to that extreme of doing all the work and then clearing mm -hmm. your mind and then setting mm -hmm. the intent and then creating it is right in your hands. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You know, I know, I know, I know. And it's, uh, you know, I can relate to that one client. It's like, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm going to manifest a relationship, for example. My business is going great. I'm going in different, I have different projects. I have this going on. I'm living on, you know, I'm doing really well. I want a partnership. So <laughs> I did this recently. <laughs> I got what I wanted. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I want to run. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you want to redo. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he's everything I want, you know, and it's like, and then my angels are like, don't worry. He's not the only candidate. We always send you three or four. I know, but he's close. So anyway, <laughs> even up mm -hmm. intuitive, it's still <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're all souls in a body now. Yep, yep. So, because our time is getting a little limited, tell us a little bit about your technique about um, how do you know how do you work what is the technique you use to shift 
eliminating belief in the, from the subconscious. I know we may have mm-hmm. mentioned it, but what is your technique? Yeah, so it depends. If the person is remote, uh, then uh, I connect to their energy, meaning since I teach intuitive development, I teach how you can scan bodies remotely, step into energy mm-hmm. of someone, and then mm-hmm. I use my body as like a speaker of a radio. I don't own your stuff. I'm only putting my baby toe in the pool of this energy. So right. I use my body. And as soon as I step mm-hmm. into your energy, if my throat constricts, I'm like, oh, oh, communication. If I feel <laughs> heaviness on my chest, oh, oh, love. If my stomach starts getting nauseous, oh, oh, fear. So because of the patterns and what I've seen and what I feel, then that allows mm-hmm. me to go, all right, I know what's going on. And so when I first start, I'll connect your energy. And then my first question is, uh, who did they create the strongest limiting belief? And the strongest. Now, we have thousands and thousands of beliefs, but I focus on the very strongest one that's happening with the person instantly. So it's usually mm-hmm. mom or dad. There is God, someone else, or mm-hmm. something else. So there's five different ones, but the strongest two are usually mom or dad. Then I pick up mm-hmm. the age. Then I wait and say, people, hold on. <laughs> Let me find the story. And because I'm clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clairsentient, it allows me, when I close my eyes, I'll see a movie. Now, the movie isn't necessarily, you know, uh, a parent leaving because of divorce. I might see two dogs running around in a circle, and the one dog jumps on the back of the other, and the bigger dog carries them away. When I see things going around in a circle, it means the same thing over and over again. Dogs mean loyalty. Mm. It's it's usually the parent. They're loyal to the parent. When I see the baby dog jump on the back of the dog, big dog, it's help me derive, I trust you enough to guide me. And and when they, you know, go away or, you know, or carry them away, that means Mm -hmm. they were feeling that they could do it with them. And then that's what I had to dig a a little deeper within. And then I'll start hearing things and seeing things. So that's my technique remotely. But when I'm hands-on, I always start with the heart and the solar plexus, the stomach, where the imbalances of love and fear. And then I'll close Mm -hmm. my eyes. And then I'll start hearing things or I'll see things. I'll see a movie. And then I'll briefly tell the person, oh, are you, if I, if I say this, does this resonate? Oh, are you struggling with a relationship because of, and 99.99% of the time it's yes. <laughs> and then I'll say, okay. And then parts of the body represent things. So shoulders are burden, perception of mm-hmm. burden, hips are support, mm-hmm. feet are moving forward, things like that. So that when I'm picking up what's going on, maybe sitting in their baby toe, I'll go back to the hip to shift any support that's lacking within the upbringing. So I, mm-hmm. I do a combination of when I'm doing the physical stuff. And then I let angels come in. I usually um, hold back if there's a deceased person. I used to say deceased loved one, but when someone says I never loved them, <laughs> I stop mm. using deceased loved one. So the dead person, every <laughs> once in a while, they want to come in and help me. So I'll allow that help uh, and I'll share it. Uh, but most of the time, I'm, I'm just connecting to the energy. I'm visualizing energy coming down to my hands. And the person will feel it like a muscle spasm with no pain. They'll feel tingly or cold. It may not necessarily be where my hands are. I could have my hands on the shoulders and they're feeling it in their feet. So it really depends on how the body is anchoring that energy and then how it just shifts out. And then the result will be something either very uh, subtle. That's why I tell people and teach them to be mindful. Or it can be very, very profound. An example, someone said they couldn't stand somebody at work. 
I shipped it out mm-hmm. in one session, and she comes back to me and says, I don't know what happened, but that person at work, really, they don't bother me anymore. They're do- I do the mm-hmm. same, but it doesn't seem to bother me. So mm-hmm. I just shifted out right. the limiting belief within that. Wow. So, Terry, Christine, we got to wrap it up here. So tell people where they can find you. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. I'm really honored. Uh, they can find me oh, so many different places. So my website is my name. It's Terry Christine, T-E-R-R-I-E, Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E.com. And you'll find various different things there. I've written my book. So um, The Secret Power of You is on Amazon. I also have a YouTube channel that has various uh, different videos about how I can help you in anything that might be going on. So that's been very helpful to, to hundreds of thousands of people. I'm on Twitter. I'm on YouTube. Uh, excuse me. I'm also uh, Instagram. I love Instagram. And Facebook. So it's all under Terry Christine. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today. It was a pleasure and honor. And, you know, keep us surprised of any other books you're writing. We'll have you on again. Oh, sure. Thanks, Amy. Yahoo! I loved it. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. And this is Amy Toy with Angel Answers with Amy Toy. May the angels carry you through to next week. Take care of everybody. Look upon.